I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. And I know it's already been over a, a month since Christmas has happened. But this time didn't even happen during Christmas anyway. So, yeah. I'm, I have the privilege to be able to use this at this time of the year instead of on Christmas Day. But I'm going to read just one verse. But it's not going to be the one verse I'm going to be reading out of. But this is going to be our main text. It'll be in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. If all will stand to the reading, it won't be that long. Saying, and we can skip that word saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship. Your gracious Father, we thank you for this word. Thank you for the message you've put on my heart to be able to give to help our body of believers to be encouraged with your scripture, to be encouraged with the newness of life, to be encouraged with the idea that you are the king of the Jews, and not the Jews only, but as all. Bless me as we listen. Bless me, use me as an instrument to be able to preach and exhort the Scripture and bring out conviction and exhortation through all of us who needs to hear what you have to say. To your gracious holy name I pray. Amen. And you guys know me by now. I have a title. Where is he who is born the King? And yes, I left off of the Jew. I'm not trying to take away from it and stuff, but we're not Jews. So where is he who is born king? And you start off in understanding, we are Americans. We pretty much probably don't, unless you have some study into it, uh, your average day Americans would have no clue what a king really is. Because we don't live in the UK, we don't live in the other places that actually have kings and queens and monarchies and royalty. We elect our rulers. We don't inherit them generation after generation. We elect them. Well, a king is something that is given supreme authority. Now granted, we already know that this kind of don't happen with our current royalty that's going on in the UK. They kind of split it up. They got their own little separate government now. But back in the old days, it was the king was the ruler of the nation. And it's passed down through heirs and down to heirs. And most of you are mature Christians. You've read the Old Testament where well, we had kings. And you, read, you saw how it worked. You even saw how one family lost their kingship and another family inherit the kingship. And speaking of David himself. And we, already, we know a little bit about kings. But what we don't talk about is how Jesus... Is our king. We didn't elect him. We didn't all didn't have a ballot and go around and start catching his ballot. I to do this, do that. No, there was no election going on. He was king. You either accept it or you don't. It was like that. You didn't get a chance. You couldn't vote him in and say, I would like him to be the king. Now the difference is whether you accept it or you don't. Because one way or the other, the ones that don't accept it, they're gonna have to bow down before him anyway. It's just going to be with the sword rather than with the love. But here, we just don't talk about this. You understand, uh, the wise men were not Jews. They were men of the east. Meaning they were far off on the side. 
but the water a lot of them speculate, and some have came up with, they found some evidence on who these wise men are. And they were from the east. There's a very good possibility that they had some um, influences from the prophet Daniel. Because the prophet Daniel was a prophet in Babylonia. Which was mixed in with all kinds of people in the east. So, and you all probably don't realize this, but the book of Daniel is actually written in two different languages. It's written in Hebrews and Aramaic. So they're able to actually read some stuff that was in their language. But I got the question is, how could they know what to look out for? How could they realize that there's going to be a king of the Jews that's being born? How could they understand and know all these things? And to be honest with you, that's besides the point. And you could probably speculate all you want, and it's probably something nice you could do to sit down with your brothers or sisters and just ponder on it. Because it's actually pretty marvelous or to think about it, is how could these men be aware that there was going to be a king born on that day when there was a miraculous light just coming out one night? And how? How could they understand it finally and just go and just drop everything they have and start traveling? And you all know that it took up to two years for them to go and find them. Now how can they just drop what they had and spend all those time traveling looking for a king? I mean, there's some dedication right there. And it's pretty crazy. And granted, we could sit down and be around the coffee table, have a little coffee and a little pastry, and we could talk about it and discuss it. It's really besides the point. They came asking, where is the king? Where is he who is born the king. Matthew chapter 27 verse 11 when Pilate was coming to him and Jesus just put up on trial and he's pretty much had all his trials with the, the Jews so he's now forced and put him in front of Pilate and there Pilate was just coming out. He's already been given the accusation so Pilate went in and asked him are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said thou say it. Simple, plain, to the point. But later on in that same chapter in verse 27, I mean in chapter 27 of Matthew, he's been mocked. They beat him, scorn him, and then when they were done, they went to go get those crowns of thorn to push that on his head. And we're not talking about little prickly thorns you find off of a rose stem. We're talking about nasty ones. That you don't want to get near. But they forced it upon his head. He's already been beaten after this. And then they put some little robes on him. And then they take a reed to be his little scepter. And they mocked him. Saying, oh, oh hell, the king of the Jews. And that wasn't the end of it. Then once they was taking him up and put him on the cross and having him be crucified. Then the Jews came in. Oh, he said... Oh, if you be the king of the Jews, come on down. Just come on down. And then we will believe. Unfortunately, those leaders were hardened in their hearts and they didn't fully understand. Jesus could just very well just come on down. And He told them point and blankly, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd laid down His life for His sheep. And the good shepherd will lay it down and He will take it up again. So He could have done it. He chose not to. He chose to stay up on that cross because it was for a higher purpose. It was for the, man, the good of mankind that He died 
to the point of His death. And He was the one who is to be born the King. In that Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, after they said, Where is He who is to be born the King? The next part was, For we have seen His star in the east. Now, I'm of the opinion that this star happened just one time. And it was a brief time, and it was a time that just happened on the exact day of Jesus' birth. And it could very well be is when it happened when the angels appear in front of uh, the shepherd. A lot of people speculate on that, but, but really it just happened one time. It wasn't bright and shining because I got to prove later on they didn't find that star, and here they were in the wrong city looking for Jesus. They went to Bethlehem. They went to Jerusalem looking for Him and they were sent to Bethlehem. And as they were heading their way to Bethlehem, it said that the star appeared to them again. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Now, I want you to put this out there. This has been two years in the making that they've been searching out for this King of the Jew that was to be born. That was some kind of faith that they had to search out. They had some way, they had some knowledge in thinking that there's going to be one that was the Messiah to become who the Jews had spoken of and we saw this star and we were we had all this star that we knew and we charted it so we knew which star is what and there was a special star that happened that one night and it went away and two years in the making that is some kind of faith there looking searching for this king who was to be born and who was born and when they searched and then they got close to Bethlehem and they saw it and they see it, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They saw the stars. You know, there is a verse in our Old Testament that mentioned a star. And it's pretty general. And people will probably will have like, I don't know if it means the same thing, but the prophecies had always been vague in the Old Testament. There's some that's just like cut and dry. And there's some that's just been vague because it's not meant for the people at that time to fully understand it. It just comes to light when it actually gets fulfilled. And that's in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. And I shall see him. And this was a prophecy of Balaam. This is not a Hebrew children giving this prophecy. This isn't Moses. This isn't anybody that was of the descendant of Abraham. This was a different descendant, and that was Balaam. He was of a different religion, a different thing. He was the one where the, uh, another king wanted to get him to prophesy against him, curse the uh, children of Israel. But he couldn't because God wouldn't let him. So he had to prophesy, and he gave this little prophecy, I shall see him, but not now. There shall come a star of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Now, you probably can argue that it's talking about King David, but there's more to it. If you all see it in that verse, that he would smite out the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. That didn't happen during King David's time. That's actually going to happen when the time comes and when all the people who refuse to believe in Jesus Christ, refuse to trust in Him and want to rebel against Him, they will be completely wiped out and away and punished for their iniquity. But except a star will shine out and a scepter will rise. A king will come. 
So these people, they already knew. They've been hearing about the Messiah. The Messiah was somebody who was going to be a ruler, who was going to, and granted, unfortunately, they was misunderstood on how this whole thing was to happen, thinking that it was going to come, and he was going to take them out of the oppression of the Roman. Unfortunately, they made their own private interpretation. God came to do what His will is, not what the children of Israel want God to do. And He did it in a way where He came on the cross to die for the sin of whole mankind, not just the children of Israel. He came as a king. Oh, but He was a lowly state to be a king. In the spiritual world, He was the king of all. He was the king of kings. And His name will be known on the last day. I tell you, I don't really preach too much on the last day because while some speculate that it's near, some speculate that it's far, here, I speculate that it's whenever God wanted it to happen. Because I'm like, I'm not trying to get into all that little doom and gloom end time study that's out there. And I actually don't think it's healthy for Christians to get too much into it. Because then they're too focused on what is coming in the future and not ever focusing on what is now. It's okay to learn learn a little bit about it and stuff like that. But when you're already obsessed about it, you've already forgot about what your purpose is right now. Your purpose is to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ before the coming of Christ. To tell them that He is coming mightier with a mighty sword to be able to take away His children, to bring them up, and He will wipe the rest of them away. If you do not repent, you too will suffer. We don't really... Speak too much about Jesus is our King. He's our Redeemer. He's our Savior. We say He's our Lord. But I don't know if we fully understand what we mean when we say He's our Lord. Because Lord and King, they kind of are in the same group. Even in the uh, UK, they have people who they call them Lord, whatever their name are. I don't follow them people, but I still heard that they have their name Lord. While there's the king and there's princes and all that stuff. Duke of Earls and all that. They got these little fancy titles, but they don't fully understand that these titles mean nothing. There's one title where it's serious, and that's what all the titles that belong to Christ Jesus the Lord. The King of Kings. The Prince of Prince. It means that all rulers that's in this world, when they think they got all the power and all the money in this world, that just don't mean nothing. By the time they die, it's all in vain. All in vain. I believe King David was very un- understood that to the point of his death. All was in vain. But these kings now, I'm talking little K kings, these small kings, They think they're the most powerful people in the world. These presidents think they're the most powerful people in the world. Even, do we say this? That the president of the United States is pretty much the most powerful person in the world. We do. But there's someone who is much mightier. And that is the King Jesus. There's something that God is not going to let things that He does not permit just happen if it goes against His will. Now, if there's something that comes to plan where it's necessary for it to happen, He will permit it. I'm not saying that He's causing evil. I'm saying He's permitting the evil to happen for His good to come out of it. I'm going to read out of John chapter 18. When Pilate was telling Jesus to say, Are you the King of the Jews? 
Are you? And we've heard it. This is in all four Gospels, by the way, when he asked them, Are you the King of the Jews? And three of them, it just ended with, Thou sayest. John got more information on that. In John chapter 18, verse 33 and 32, 37. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, saying, Thou sayest thou these things thyself, or did others tell it of thee and me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thy own nation and chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servant fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. And Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. This is what separates the unbelievers from the believers. The believers hear the voice of truth. The unbelievers are deaf to it. It breaks my heart to know that they're so deaf to it. Because then they don't know what's coming to them. They actually refuse. They, here's the deal. I am a lot involved into, you know, social media and stuff. I'm not like involved in like I'm fighting with everybody and stuff. But I am aware. I'm pretty observant when I watch these different YouTube videos, when I see comments and all this stuff. I'm pretty aware that majority of the world are so darkened in their mind that they know the truth that's right in front of them, and yet they refuse to accept that same truth. They know who Jesus Christ is. They mock it too. They're just like the soldiers back in those days where they mocked Jesus Christ, and He was right in front of them, and they still mock Him. They know who He is. They use His name in vain. And don't even understand why they do it. It's a simple curse word to them. And it's like, do they not understand that you use it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my King, in vain, who you're not even referencing to anymore. They're aware of who Jesus is. They're aware that we teach all those who refuse to repent will die and go to hell. They just don't agree with it. It's like, I could care less what they agree with or not. It's either you believe it or you don't kind of situation. If you don't, then Godspeed. God bless you. I hope you uh, turn your life around in the, in the near future. But they know the truth. And it breaks my heart that they're just going on about their life and thinking that they're just going to get away with this. And by the time their judgment had come, there it is. They'll be right in front of that judgment seat and they got to give an account. There's not been a moment in their life that they was able to confess their faith in Jesus Christ and what He had done on the redeeming work on the cross. That's where my heart goes for them. But don't you see the wise men? They saw signs. They were able to come and see this. That's why they were coming looking for this King who was born. They saw these signs. 
The star came out again. It was a sign again. And I'm telling you, we as Christians, we are those flashing lights. We're trying to flash out the warning sign. And man, people is getting offended. And some Christians, unfortunately, it's backing off on their warning signs. And they really, I don't know. I'm really not, that's God's going to be their judgment on that kind of thing. But you got to keep flashing it. People is going to be offended. Maybe you got to change your wording so you could put some love into it. Maybe you're a little bit too, uh, too harsh. Maybe some love got to be into it. Yeah, sometimes we probably need to examine ourselves and make sure we're doing it right. But at the same time, our warning sign still needs to flash. And I'm afraid. These warning signs that used to be around America, that used to be so bright, it's getting dimmer and dimmer. And I am so concerned that there's so many people who already know the truth in front of them and they refuse to hear it. And that's what I mean. That's what separates the believers and the unbelievers. The believers can hear and know that truth. And the unbeliever can't. With the hardening of their heart. Their choice. They chose to harden their heart and walk away. After these signs, there's a third part in that same verse. What did the wise men do? When they finally came to find it, they followed that star to the place. When they got to the place where Jesus was, and it's not where Jesus lay, He had to be up to two years old. For that was the time that they discussed that with the King Herod to figure out when was that time that it was when they first saw the star. So he was pretty much a, a toddler. Walking around. If he was anything like my nephew. He goes everywhere and anywhere. But here they are. They finally found him. Then they came. And have come to worship him. That one verse. Tells us a whole lot. Where they came. They had so much faith. Looking for this man. Who is to be born the king of the Jew? Yeah. Trusting in the sign that they were given, seeing that star. Oh, and they rejoiced when they saw that star. And then when they found him, they worshiped him. We got a lot to learn about these wise men. And honestly, if you think about it, we come from the same cloth that these wise men do. I'm not saying that we were we got involved in astrology and all that kind of stuff. But we were not of the lineage of the Jews. The Messiah was given to the Jews with a plan to later open up to the Gentiles. That is mentioned in the Old Testament. But it was a gift to the Jews. And we were not of that lineage. We came from the same cloth as the wise men. Someone who was outside of the Jewish faith. And they came and worshipped. Just as we come to worship. And it's not just a once a year thing. Not just a once a month thing. It is a daily, continual worship. Jesus, our King. And I know we probably take, it, take Him for granted at times. I know I have. And believe me. I am not without fault. I do take Him for granted at times. But I'm glad I still have an audience with that King to be able to freely come to Him 
and worship. I don't ask of any big favor or anything. I just ask that the I still have an audience with Him. To come before Him and worship. In Hebrews chapter 10, well no, chapter 1, verse 8, Unto the Son He said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of Thy kingdom. That is our King. Jesus is proclaimed to be the King of the Jews. And He is proclaimed to also to be the King of all. Not to the Jews only, but to the Gentiles. That was Paul's job. He came and he brought that mystery up and let everybody know it wasn't just to the Jews only, but also to the Gentiles. For he was the apostle of the Gentiles. And he brought that great news to them and tell you, I'm going to tell you guys this. If you know just a little bit about the Greek people back then, you would know they have multiple gods and gods to them had to be certain little idols that they had set up and they would worship. They have coins and they would use that at their little offering to that idol. They were darkening their mind because they had other things to set in and get in front between the true God, true holy God, and those little idols. Those idols had to be really hard to get them to drop it. And when Apostle Paul came in, he brought in the gospel of truth. And somehow, and I shouldn't say somehow, miraculously by the Spirit of the truth, came into the heart and shined it all and caused people to break the shackles off of them that they had. The sin and the shackles, the shackles of them worshiping these idols, break it and starting to focus on the one truly God that's not even tangible. You can't touch Him. And they were so used to touching their God. Instead, they were able to trust in that there's a God that's in spiritual and He's in in spirit and in truth and they could just worship Him wherever they are. And they did so in these different little homes until further on in church history, they started to form and more organized in church. Started having these different buildings to have Christians come together and be able to worship Him. I know we're a long way from the beginning of church history. We got a lot of different comfort that we already have. That doesn't mean anything. It's what's in our heart. Are we here to worship the king? Because trust me, they was just as, had that great deal to the uh, wise men. They was there to worship the king. Even if it would cost their own life, they don't care. They were there to worship their king just as we are here to worship our king we got a lot to learn about these wise men and this little verse of matthew chapter 2 verse 2 shows so much faith that they have to seek out the king that was to be born and here we are back in these days in the future the very distant future. The future that people in the past would have thought that Jesus would have already came back by now. Hey, don't get me wrong. Have all of you been grew up and you thought that there was people, probably your parents, were thinking, oh, Jesus is going to be back pretty soon in 20 years. And here He is. God is 
is grace for more people to be added to the kingdom of God. That's all the why it's being extended even further and further. Because He's ready for more people to be added to the kingdom of God. He's ready to be the king. He is the king. And I know we've already know what He's teaching in Revelation. He will come as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and Prince of prince. Where is He who is born the King? And I already know every one of you all is here. Your faith. You already have the faith in King Jesus. But there could be some other who's listening to this that just need to hear it and don't didn't fully understand it. They need a king. They cannot rule over themselves. They will fall. It will just be chaos. Isn't that why our family, family father, didn't want everybody to just like manage them all themselves so they wouldn't end up creating the constitution to be able to establish some rule? Because if you if you got a nation without rule, boy, you got a nation that's full of chaos. We spiritually need a king. We spiritually cannot do it without a king ruling over us. We can't. If we think we can't, then you're in for a rude awakening. You will find yourself further into the pit that you dug. We all should ask, where is this king who was born? Let's go to the Lord of prayer. Gracious Father, I want to thank you for this gracious Holy Word of God. Thank you for this message. Thank you for putting in our hearts and reminding us of the King Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is able to rule over our lives and is able to give us strength in our time of need. Able to help us as we struggle with temptation, struggle with trial. He's able to be with us. And I know physically, you're not with us. But spiritually, you're here by the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, who is able to convict us of sin, judgment, and righteousness. Let us always, seeking after you, to be the author and finisher of our faith. For your gracious holy name I pray. Amen.